0: Uh, we are so glad that you're here. We're glad to be able to have church in person and for you to be able to join us online, and we just wanted to say thank you for doing that. Uh, I don't know about you guys, if you have an iPhone, but uh, some the iPhone has changed some settings recently, and this isn't going where I think people are thinking it's going. But if you have location services enabled, the iPhone will let you know how long it takes uh, for you to get to like regularly gone destinations, if that speaks. like It predicts when you're leaving. So every Sunday at 9 a.m. right when I'm getting ready to leave at church, it lets me know that I'm only 22 minutes away from Bears Sports Bar and Grill. So somewhere, someone somewhere thinks I'm going to a bar at 9 a.m. every single Sunday morning. And I don't really know how to feel about that. I think it's okay uh, because I know I'm coming to church. And there's part of me that really loves burgers, so I don't feel discriminated against in that way either. But it does creep me out a little bit that... Uh, They seem to know that that's what's happening. Regardless of that, there is somebody who always knows our steps. That's Jesus, and we're going to talk about Him today, and I'm pretty excited about that. We're continuing our series on Colossians. We're going to be in week two. Week one was only online, so if you didn't get the chance to see that, I would challenge you to go back and watch it. It's not that I personally think it was a great sermon or anything like that, but uh, it's important information, and it's the Scripture. It's the Word. So if you haven't seen that, take some time sometime this week to go back and watch that. Otherwise, we are so glad that you're here with us to worship. Stand with us now, and let's get started.
1: Hey, good morning. It's nice to see you guys today. I'd like to open us up in prayer really quickly, if you guys would just bow with me. God, we're so thankful that we are able to come into your house today and worship you and to sing songs about you, God, and to hear your word. I pray, Lord, that you just open our ears and our eyes to what you have for us today. For it's in your name. To the King of glory and light, all praises. To the only giver of life, our maker. The gates are open wide. We worship you. Come see what love has done amazing. us with his blood our savior the cross has overcome we worship you shout hosanna jesus he saves shout hosanna heroes from the grave the world but it couldn't fill me man's empty praise treasures of faith are never enough you came along and put me back together ¡Sí! you can have a seat
2: thank you Uh, and thank you band and I appreciate uh, Caitlin and Amanda especially you guys have been filling in for uh, for Phil these past few weeks and I think still got some time to go so thank you for taking charge of that Uh, love the opening song that was awesome and uh, I know Zach, I don't know if you know this, brother, but uh, every time I walk by in the back, uh, Zoe's just got googly eyes over here watching you playing bass, man. Every time that guitar is slung over your shoulder, I can just see her back there like, ooh, man. Just a little bit of advice. I would ride that momentum all the way to Sunday evening. All right. Uh, All right. Anyway, got some announcements for you. Uh, The kids area is open. Uh, yay. The nursery is still closed until further notice. Masks are required for the kiddos, but, uh, the kids area will be open today. If you haven't noticed, and I will direct your attention towards the wall over there that used to have, uh, some pretty hideous, in my opinion, paint splotches. I'm sorry if you like those. Uh, she has painted the walls there and in the back of the kids area, it's all white, like all week. Chelsea worked on that. Ava worked on it as well. Uh, so I'm going to ask for a round of applause for all of that hard work that Chelsea did because we have been, we have been talking about, uh, doing that for a long time, but it's one of those things that you talk about. You're like, oh man, that is going to be a beast to actually do. And, uh, she was grinding away this week to get that done. It looks great. Um, Allie Yulhorn, who the Yulhorns are not here today, they're in Kansas city with some family. Uh, Allie Yulhorn is having a baby shower on January 23rd at 2 p.m. Jessica Hess, who is a friend of Allie's, she's not uh, a member of our church, but her phone number is there if you can't see it. uh, It's written so a Lego person can read it. I'm sorry that it's hard to see on the actual slide, but uh, if you need information, uh, you can get with Chelsea uh, or Ashley. Ashley, if you wouldn't mind coming up for just a a second because I mean, baby showers aren't my thing. I'll just admit it. Uh, And so, if there's any other additional details about that, I'm going to refer that to you.
1: Um, Okay. So, basically it's a baby shower.
2: That registry shows to all stores. So, it's like one place for everything. Um, And
0: Jessica's asking in lieu of cards to do a children's book and sign your name. So, that's it.
2: Cool. Thank you. Any other announcements by leadership? There's a There is a leadership meeting uh, after church if you are a part of that group. Other than that, no other announcements? What's that? Youth is meeting tonight at 5. Clay, raise your hand. Clay, youth minister. So if you're not already a part of that circle or whatever, need more information, uh, get with Clay Miller. Uh, He is our youth pastor. With that said, we're going to take a five-minute connection break for the kiddos to go back in the kids' area and for you to mingle with each other. Three, two, one, go. Guys, good morning again. We are glad to have
0: you back. I don't know, uh, Jake, I don't know what got into you this morning, but that's about as spicy as you ever get. And uh, Zoe, I also happen to to look at him the same way when he's got the guitar and he's playing the bass. I'm pretty googly-eyed when I see Zach as well, so... I get it. I completely understand that. Uh, We are in, again, I said, week two. I said, I sounded like Foghorn Leghorn there. What just happened? Wow. We are in week two of our Colossians series. Uh, We're talking about how we can be fully alive today. And I want to tell you, first and foremost, that life is more than just living. Existential. I know. Mind blowing. You're going to have to think about it for a minute because. It was that deep. But life is more than just living. It's more than a physical state. So when Christ says that I give them eternal life and they shall never perish, no one will snatch them out of my hand in John ten twenty eight, he means so much more than that. He's going to just prevent us from a physical death. And today we discuss how we can be fully alive in Christ. And so we're going to be in Colossians. We'll be in chapter two. I'm going to roll up my sleeves because I'm getting ready to get to work in. I don't know what that meant either we're ready to roll. Colossians 2 verse 8 says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. So Paul's addressing this problem that was occurring in the Colossian church that still happens today. It's a problem that we're always going to face. There's two competing philosophies. One that sees Jesus as the source of wisdom, like mentioned in Colossians 2, 3, that says, namely Christ, in whom all, uh, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So there's this one camp that just sees the end of wisdom at Jesus, right? All wisdom, all knowledge comes from him. There's another camp that seeks to equate human knowledge to God's knowledge, right? They, they want to equate their wisdom to God's, as seen in Second Timothy 3.7 3, that says, this group is always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. And we have to guard ourselves against falling into the second camp because what happens is, is that we start to get to the place where we, as I already stated, we start to equate ourselves with God. And because we equate ourselves to God, if we fall into this camp, we allow our thoughts to equate to God's thoughts. So every thought I have Monday through Friday is equally as valuable as what God has said in Scripture. And so what happens is instead of uh, changing their thought process because they don't have biblical support, they just twist Scripture. And it's one of the worst things that we as Christians can do. I feel a certain way, so I'm going to find a Scripture that might support what I say and just use it, even though in context... It doesn't mean what I'm saying it means. And the meaning of what I'm saying is actually quite different. And and so the church of Colossians, they were were seeing wisdom as the ultimate. They were looking at at wisdom uh, as the ideal. And the fact of the matter is you can find scripture to support almost any idea that you're willing to read, that, that you're willing, if you're willing to read it out of context. The fix to this is to fully rely on the wisdom of Christ. It's our only hope, to fully rely on the wisdom of Christ, to see Christ, how Paul saw Christ as the source of all creation, wisdom included. And it's the only way that we can experience fullness through Jesus. If we look at Colossians 2, 9 through 10, Paul says, for in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. We talked about that last week. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. Now, this is a new step. It takes it to the next level. He is the head over every power and authority. Last week, we talked about how God was pleased to have the fullness of his deity rest inside of Christ, meaning that God himself equated Christ to himself. Does that work? Is that good English? I don't know if that's good English, right? But but God equated Jesus to himself. In, In God's mind, they're on the same level. And because of that, Jesus was able to reconcile us through what he did on a cross. He was able to bring us to reconciliation with God. No longer are we his enemies, but now we can be his friends. Now we can be his sons. Now we can be his daughters. This week it talks, Paul takes it even a step further. Not just can we be reconciled, but we can experience the fullness of life here on earth through what Christ has done and through who Christ is. It needs to be stated that while Christ brings us to a fullness in this life, it's not to the same level that God brought Christ. Does that make sense? Right? God brought, put his fullness, allowed for his fullness to dwell in in Christ, creating him as an equal. In Christ, we get to experience the fullness of what our life can be, but it's not the same. We're not on the same level as Jesus. We're not on the same level of God but to to be at our best, Christ can bring us to our best. In the Greek, the word for fullness can also be translated, and I like it better, as completeness, completeness. God brings us to completeness, to the fullness of of, of our character. We can be a completed work in Christ. What Paul was fighting here was a Gnostic belief that wisdom was above Christ. Wisdom was the creator. Wisdom is what we should chase after. Christ was just a product of wisdom. He was a creation of wisdom. And they they elevated wisdom to the level of deity. And Christ just became this teacher. Not, Not God, but a great teacher of God. And Paul is trying to make sure that they understand that Christ is wisdom. We experience fullness only When we rely on Christ's wisdom, too often we allow Christ to thrive in our religion box. Right? We come to church on a Sunday and sometimes on a Wednesday, and Christ flourishes there. We get into worship and we praise God and we pray to God, and it happens two days a week. But we don't allow Christ to infiltrate all the other areas of our life, rather, we rely on our wisdom in those areas. Because God fits in this box on a Sunday. He fits in this box on a Wednesday. But Monday through Friday, when I'm at work, Christ really doesn't have a place there. It's, it's me that I'm going to rely on. It's me that knows best. And we're not really experiencing the fullness of everything that Christ has to offer us if that's how we see Jesus, as just somebody that fits into our weekend or one night a week. In Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, It says, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. I'm going to say that again. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them we may participate. Listen to this. We may participate in his his divine nature, having escaped the corruption In the world caused by evil desires. We have everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him. Absolutely everything. Everything you need to live a godly life can be found in the holy word of God. I 100% firmly believe that. And the gift that Christ has to offer us in these things is that we get to share in his divine nature meaning that that we no longer have the debt of our sin. And we're going to talk more about this here in a minute. Here's the thing. Fullness occurs when the line of where Christ begins and you end is no longer distinguishable. I'm going to say that again. Fullness occurs when the line of where Christ begins and you end is no longer distinguishable. That's the ideal. That's what we're chasing. For people to see us and see God. For people to look at the way that we live our lives, the way that we treat people, the way that we act, the decisions that we make and see God and see a difference and know that there is something different about us. This can only take place through the changing of our hearts in Colossians 2, chapter chapter 2, 1 and 2. Oh, my goodness. Colossians chapter two, verses 11 and 12. I'll slow down. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Paul goes on to explain to the church in Colossians that things are different now. They're different now. What, what, what attaches you to God, what marks you as one of his people is not a physical sign. You see, the act of circumcision was introduced in Genesis 17. It was a covenant between God and Abraham. It was was God's promise to Abraham that, that he would have a son and be the father of many nations. And they marked that through the act of circumcision. And that physical change to the body was adopted by the Jews as a way of saying we belong to God. It was an act of obedience and it was a physical marking showing the world we are one of God's people but there isn't a physical marking for Christians. As Paul makes clear, Christ circumcises with a circumcision, not of human hands. Christ's circumcision is a circumcision of the heart. It's cutting away everything that would make us dead inside and replacing it with life. We can only be fully alive when that circumcision takes place when we surrender our everything to him and allow him to cut away the tissue that would make us dead instead. I did not mean for that to happen. Just want to be clear. The last rhyme, the dead instead, wasn't practiced. Be very clear about that. So what Paul's trying to get them to understand is that we're no longer relying on physical signs. Calling yourself a Christian does not make you a Christian. Having that little religious preference line on your Facebook profile that says Christian not going to make you a Christian. Reading your Bible doesn't make you a Christian. Praying doesn't make you a Christian. Telling people about Jesus doesn't even make you a Christian. Those are all good things. All wonderful things, but not what makes you a Christian. Matthew seven twenty one twenty three. 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Because it's not about the physical connection that we can make to God. It's about the emotional and spiritual change that happens within us. Doing the will of the Father, obeying Christ, that's what makes you a Christian. Matthew 12, 50, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Let your transformation speak to Jesus being in your life. Again, this isn't one of those arguments where I'm saying just live in a way that people see Jesus and that way you never have to tell them about who he is. Not at all. Let's not take it there. But there should be something different about us. And if there's not, then there is a problem. Christ's circumcision doesn't change you physically, okay? Necessarily. Rather, it's an emotional and spiritual awakening and I will say that obviously at times when, when we get emotionally and, and spiritually healthy, there's sometimes physical changes in our body and things start to look different there. And I, I'm not taking away from the wholeness of hell, but I'm just saying that there's nothing that we can point to physically that says, oh, that person's a Christian, right? So, so here they are relying in the Colossian church on this, this physical marking. Well, I may not be living according to the teachings of Christ, I may not be following God's will, but I'm circumcised. So often we go around, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. I may not be following anything that Christ has told me to do, and I may not be following God's will for my life, but I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. So I'll support anything that I feel is right, but I'm a Christian. And it doesn't matter if morality is skewed in my eyes. I'm a Christian. Physical marking does nothing for us. Because when we accept Christ, when we are circumcised by Christ, we put off our old selves. In that passage, the Greek word for put off, and I think this is special. I think it's important. So... Hear me, the Greek word for put off used in the the verse in Colossians that we just read is used just this one time in the New Testament. And it means to completely break away from, to have no ties, completely severed. Our new self from our old self is completely severed. When we put off the old ways, there's no connection to them. And it mimics a lot of what happened in the Old Testament that's hard to read. When the Jews took over a a, a nation after God had called them to, and they had to completely sever all ties from that nation, from human life to livestock to everything that would maybe bring that that nation into their lives and their ideas and their religion to mix and mingle, we have no connection to our past. It's got to be gone. It's a complete and total break. It's a clean break. And it happens because we have been buried with Christ. We have been buried with Christ, but we also rise with him anew. That's why we baptize people into the church as a representation of that death with Christ and the rising to new life. I feel like I'm going a little long today, but I still got more, so be patient. Because right now it says I'm 1,065 minutes over time. So I can go forever is what all that tells me. Colossians chapter 2, 13 and 14, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away, nailing it to a cross. You see, the power of Christ is shown once again in bringing life from death. This time, it's not Lazarus, it's you and me. While we were dead, Christ brought us to life. God has made us alive through what Christ has done. To be dead, when we could all stand to hold this in our hearts, to be dead is not a matter of brain activity or blood pumping through our veins. To be dead, to be truly dead is to be separated from God. And that was the punishment that awaits all of us. But sin by sin, Christ took a nail and he took a hammer and he nailed it to the cross for you. Every lie you've ever told, every small thing you might've ever stolen from somebody, Every time you use the Lord's name in vain, every time you disrespected your parents, every time you act in a way that does not shine light on who God is, every time you sin, Christ took it individually and nailed it on a cross by allowing nails to pierce his hands and to pierce his feet and to die a death that he did not deserve. And he did that for you so that while you were still dead, he could make you alive. What Paul is doing here, if we don't quite see it, is that he is absolutely positively tearing down legalism. It's not about all the boxes that you can check that make you a Christian. It's about living a life that has changed by Christ and following the will of the Father, Colossians two fifteen, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Here's the cool thing: Christ is doing cool things all the time. He's a cool guy. In case you didn't know, I'm gonna, James. There's another shirt. Christ. He's a cool guy. Okay, he didn't just defeat death. He made a mockery of it. He took the little bit of power that Satan had in this world to cause death. And he laughed in Satan's face. And he defeated it. He left him publicly embarrassed and disgraced. That's who my God is. That's who my God is. And in doing so, he has given you the opportunity to experience fullness in life by removing your obligation to the earthly law and the debt of your sin so that you can experience freedom that only he can provide. Bam, come on up here. Let's get ready to worship some more. Life is more than just living life is more than just living life is being with Christ life is having your ledger of debt erased your bills paid your sins forgiven by a God who gave everything to make sure that you could be fully alive while you were still absolutely dead. He holds the power. He is the source of wisdom. And there's only one way to be alive, and that's to be in Christ. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us Of our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ's powerful and mighty name we pray. Amen. I'm going to be back in my corner, and if you need to pray with me today, I'll be masked up. Come pray with me. For whatever need that you may have, let's pray. It's worth it. The source of power and wisdom, that's God. That's Jesus. That's who we pray to. And there's nothing too big or too small. So if you have a need, come talk to me. If you want to know what it means to be alive, to be with Christ, to have that real relationship with him, then you need to talk to me today too so that we can talk about what it means to be a Christian, what it means to have that relationship and how that takes place. If you want to become a member of our church and you're not already, talk to me after and we'll kind of go through the details of what that looks like. It's a really tough physical test. That's a joke. Otherwise, let's stand right now and let's just pour our hearts out to God because He deserves it.
1: mountain i could not climb in desperation i turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night then through the darkness your loving kind through the shadows of my soul The work is finished The end is written Jesus Christ, my living hope Who could imagine so great Mercy with heart could fathom such boundless grace. The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken. Forgiven, the King of Kings calls me His own. Beautiful Savior, I'm Yours forever. Jesus Christ, my life. the morning that sealed the promise your buried body began to breathe out of the silence the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me oh Jesus your is the victim. In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine. In the soil, I now surrender. You are breaking new ground. So trust you I don't need to understand. So make me a vessel. Make me an offering. Make me whatever you want me be, I came here with nothing, but all you have given me, Jesus bring new wine out of me, Jesus bring new wine out of me.
0: This is the time in our service that we would normally take our offering. Uh, As you guys know, recently we haven't been passing baskets because of COVID. But underneath our lamp back there, there's a box and a little slit in it. If you're one that likes to give in person, uh, then you can give in that way. And there's some envelopes back there. You can put your name on it. Um, Or you can text that number right there, 417-815-3602, to our Tidely app. um, And it will set you up with how to give. Uh, It's really simple, really painless, and a really easy way to give if you're not able to uh, give in person. Um, If you're at home right now and you'd still like to tithe, you can mail that to us or give in that way. But uh, right now, we're just going to pray over that offering and thank God for what He provides for us. Lord, we come to you right now. We thank you for what you do provide for each and every one of us. God, we want to just pray over the tithes and the offerings that we're about to receive right now, Lord, that you would give us just absolute wisdom and how to use those in the best possible way that we can. And Lord, I want to pray for the blessing on each and every person that's trusting you through this very difficult financial time to give, even though uh, things are a little bit tighter and things are tough and and, and we're not sure where everything's headed. Uh, But God, I just want to thank them for their faith uh, and just pray that you bless them for Having that faith in you, in Jesus' name, we ask you to bless this offering. Amen.
1: You came from heaven acquainted with our sorrow to train great week.